like had sent me the hymns for this weekend, and I got excited, and so I was going to preach that message I just preached at this hour. And I thought, that just goes so good with it. We're going to learn about God's holiness. This is as important as it gets. <laughs> and uh, it's still sweet, though, isn't it? But I thought <clears throat> we got to get that first. The Lord has to reveal that to us before we can do something about it. Like I said, he doesn't hire servants to sit in his basement and play video games all day and to take naps in his front yard all day. He's gonna, we're going to serve. And so he's going to give us something to do. And it ain't complicated. It's just impossible with natural man. <laughs> it's impossible. So we'll turn to Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. I hope just as we remember that that... When the Lord first mentions holy in his scriptures is concerning that burning bush. Hope we can also remember who the Good Samaritan is. If we were to walk up and down the streets, but like, you ever heard of a Good Samaritan? I think there's hospitals named that. Uh, there's laws in, in our books in this, I don't know about this state, but at least in this nation, there are Good Samaritan laws. If you try to do something good, can't get sued because everybody's sue happy. And, and, the average person walking up and down the street has, can tell you something about a good Samaritan that's doing good to somebody that didn't have any good deserve to be done to them. And I, and I know each of us have heard this story, and, and if somebody's tuning in for the first time and they hear this, you may have heard this story a lot. And I pray God will make these mercies new to us today like we've never heard it. Let's, let's put off that old. And like we read there in Job, I've sinned. Everything I thought I did right was wrong. And I need the Lord to teach me. And if we've never believed on him, let's believe on him today. <laughs> He'll be with us. I've, I've been really excited about preaching this all week. I think it'll be a blessing to you. He says in Luke 10, 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is a certain lawyer. A lawyer was a scribe. Those kind of go hand in hand in that day. And that's not a lawyer as we think as a lawyer. But this is a person that studied the scriptures for a living. They earned their income by studying the scriptures and by teaching the scriptures. They studied the law and they taught the law of God to people. That was their profession. And, and he had heard the Lord preach here. He had heard the Lord speak to his disciples. And what's it say he did? He stood up. And he had something to say. <whistles> Buddy. As Paul said, who you think you are? He didn't know God yet, though, did he? He didn't know any better, but he stood up in front of everyone, in front of that congregation, that people gathered there to tempt and to test God Almighty. He didn't see him as such, but that's, that's what was happening. This wasn't a heartfelt cry to be saved. I hope we can get a hold of that. This wasn't a heartfelt cry to be saved. He was trying to catch the Lord up in his words. And he was saying, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This man, he's trying to get the Lord to deny the law because he'd heard, he'd, he'd been in the presence. He'd listened a little bit. He hadn't heard yet. <laughs> he hadn't had faith yet. But he'd listened to what he said. He's trying to catch him up in his words. And he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And this man wanted to be saved by the law. Do you know why? That's all he'd ever known. 
He'd never heard of grace. He'd never heard of substitution. He'd never heard that he was grass. He all he ever heard was he's a good little Christian. Well, Jew at the time, but you know what our modern language is. You're a good little boy and girl. You're precious. You're mommy and daddy's little angel. You got to do good. Good kids go to heaven. What a lie. That's all I'd ever known, though. And all I'd ever heard was this law. And that's all I'd ever shoved down his throat. And finally it kind of soaked in. And he said, well, this is the only thing I know. How am I going to, what am I going to do to inherit eternal life? I won't live forever. You want to die forever? You want to be in a lake of fire and be tormented and all that? Of course not. And he says, what must I do? And you know, the Lord met him right where he was. That jailer said, what, what must I do to be saved? They said, well, let me tell you about the law first. No, they said, believe Christ. Samaritan said, can you give me this, this water? He said, you ask me, I'll give it to you. He didn't say nothing about the law. He met her where he was. she was thirsty. He, he meets people where they are. And this fellow wanted to deal with the law. That was his focus. And the Lord said, okay, that's where you want me to meet you? That's where I'll meet you. He says in verse 26, and he said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? What's your interpretation of it? Did Christ know the interpretation of it? It's his law. He wrote it. Of course he did. <laughs> it don't matter what we think about it. It don't matter what our interpretation is. It matters what God says. And there's so many things that we say, well, this means this. That's true. But the Lord means what he says and says what he means. That's what it says. We're going to explain it away. And he said, now, you've read this. You, you've been educated, scribe. You, you, this is black and white. You own a copy of it. You made a copy of it. What do you say it says? What do you say? And he answering, this sounds so good. That's true. Verse 27, he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. There's a semicolon there. And thy neighbor as thyself. That's a separate, same thought, the continuation of it. This man knew his Bible. Did you know that? Boy, that fella, he knows the scriptures. He sure does know that Bible. Did he understand it? I can play all kinds of music on a guitar. I don't understand a lick of it. I just memorize it. This man memorized some verses. Where did he get such a thing? Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. That's good. Leviticus 19, 18 says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He quoted it right, didn't he? He compared Scripture with Scripture even. He's a scribe. That's what he gets paid to do. He says, how do you interpret it? That's the two tables of the law. Do you know that? That's the first five commandments. Our, it concerns our dealings with God and the second five, our, our dealings with men. He got the whole kit and caboodle, didn't he? Whole shooting match. One came to our Lord before and he said, Master, this is this one, Teacher, Teacher. Gave him a title other than God, didn't he? Master, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's what Christ declared. He summed it up the same way. What well, sounds just like him. Verse 28, and he said unto him, thou hast answered right, colon, this do and thou shalt live. 
You answered it. You know it. Now, do it. <laughs> That's what the law says. Now keep it. And if you keep it, you'll live. If you keep the law of God, you'll have eternal life. That's so. That's absolutely the truth. If you can, if you can be born clean and stay clean to the day you die and love the, the Father blamelessly with everything in you 24-7, even while you're sleeping and dreaming, and, and you love your neighbor and lay down your life for him, truly honoring God while you do it, you can have eternal life. Kevin, I can't believe you'd say such a thing. It's so. Christ earned eternal life for his people by doing just that. My problem is I was born Adam. We'll see it in a Samaritan here in a second. I can't be both. I was born Adam. He's a son of God. And born of a woman. He's both. He's the God man. Isn't he? And, and it, the scriptures say what? By his obedience. He was born under the law. Born of a woman just like us. And by his obedience we were made righteous. So he's telling him the truth. Keep it. You know the law. Now do it. Quit talking about it and do it. Did he crumble? Did he cry? God said, I can't. Mercy. Save. He said, well, that's an interesting fact you just stated. Hmm, I'll have to go home and consider that. God help us. Lord, be with us and break our hearts. Uh, he knew he couldn't do, do that, though. Verse 29 says, he didn't know which part he couldn't do yet. He didn't know that. That's a, Henry said there's a fellow that was in Germany and had a heart attack while he was in the service. and it was back in the 50s, and a chaplain talked to him. He was in the Army, and he said uh, he made a profession of faith. Might as well went to a, a Volksfest if you'd been better off. But he made a profession of faith, and that chaplain called Henry and said, Hey, he's from your hometown. I'm going to send him to you. Will you take care of him? And Henry just laughed and said, Yeah, I'll take care of him. So he came, and he was at service for a while, and he's right up front. And and he went to the about halfway back, and then he moved a little further back, then he moved a little further back, and then he quit coming on Wednesdays because it wasn't important to him. And then he quit coming on Sunday evenings, and then finally he quit coming on Sundays. But he lived down the street from Henry. And he was veteran, just like Henry was, so they got along good. And uh, He thought he was okay. He said, well, I'm a professional faith, and I read my Bible. I knew what the Scripture said. I'm good. Don't need to go. Why would I need to go to that place here? That man talk. Well, Henry preached every morning on the radio. He preached live, and he got a phone call one morning. It was that fellow a, year, a couple years later. And he listened to him every day because that's friends. And he's just being a good friend. And that man was weeping like a baby. And he said, what's wrong? He said, I'm lost. And Henry said, I've known that the whole time. I'm glad you figured it out. <laughs> glad the Lord showed you. I saw this the whole time. Didn't he? This fellow here, he, 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 he doesn't know what he don't know. He thinks he's doing real good on them first five. five and he's like, how? I've got to justify myself on these last five. He thinks he's got that one in the back. It's completely the opposite. That's every one of us, isn't it? It's the exact opposite of what we think is right. Look here in verse 29. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? What's he wanting to do? The Lord says he's willing to justify himself. Our nature, born of Adam, our instinct, that's what, what we use nowadays. Our nature is to justify ourselves. But this was going on. But that was going on. Well, now, now here's what. Hold on now. What a sad thing, isn't it? And, and, and we ain't no different than our daddy Adam. 
to, to blame everybody, including God, to make ourselves just. He said, why'd you eat that, Adam? What's wrong with you? He said, that woman you gave me, he blamed his wife. We ain't no better, are we? We ain't no better. This man asked, who's my neighbor? Okay, I'm going to justify myself. And he asked the Lord, who's my neighbor? Do you know what he didn't mention? What was said in Deuteronomy, what he just quoted. He didn't mention that first table of the law, uh, loving God with all his heart and his soul and his strength and his mind. Did he? he didn't mention that, did he? Why didn't he bring that up? Well, that's on the inside. You hate God? You remember that time when you hated God? Well, I've never hated God. I've always loved God. I'm a good little boy. Mommy said so since I was born. <laughs> he didn't mention He thought he's fine. And nobody else can see that. That's my secret. That's my secret. You know, you can fake that for an extended period of time, and you can fool a lot of people, but God looks on the heart. Well, I just love the Lord so much. Lord knows. Lord knows. That's on the inside, isn't it? I read my Bible. I listen to 17 different preachers every week, twice on Sunday. I don't know. That's between you and God. He looks on the heart. He looks on the heart. What's he looking on? Is it your work or his creation? Is that your diligence or his diligence? Is that your faith? His faith. If he's put a new creation in it, that's what he looks on. Ain't that good news to those that have a new creation? I see he ain't looking at this outside. He looks at what he gave me. Amen. Let's praise him. That's good news because this outside is pitiful. Paul said he's not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he's a Jew which is one inwardly. Circumcision of the heart and in the spirit, not in the letter. Whose praise is going to get the praise for that? Whose praise is not of men but of God. Does that mean God gets the praise? Yes, and that means God's the only one that's going to acknowledge it. Man won't because they don't know what's going on. We don't know the heart. God does. And what we looked at that's why it's so vital, these midweek services on Peter. Do you love me? Lord, thou knowest all things. If there's love in me, you put it there, you know that. <laughs> Don't look at this outside. You've got to look on the heart. I just got off that boat. I left you again. You know. You look on the heart. But this man was willing to justify himself. This man, he wanted the praise of men. For mankind to see what we'd say in our day, a good, what a good Christian he was. Well, I can't do that. People think less of me. Verse 29 says, But he, willing to, be, to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? He's trying to find a loophole in God's law. The outside is the hard part in this lawyer's eyes. In his eyes, I got the inside. We're good on that one. I'm, oh, I love God. Yep, we're good. I, I ain't got no idols. I don't have, you have any idols? <laughs> I look at him in the mirror every day when I shave him. You got any idols? Oh, no, we got that in the bag. No, I'm good now. I've been, many, many years I've walked with the Lord. We think we got it so good, but the outside's the hard part. That's what it was to this fellow in his eyes. Our problem is not with people around us. Our problem is not with, with the sin and the books we read and the movies we watch and, and all these things. Our problem is with the God we sinned against. That's what we looked at first there. That's why last second, we got to know he's holy first. That's who we sinned against. And we must see him high and ourselves are going to have to come down. We're just going to have to, he's going to have to increase and we're going to have to decrease. 
and we'll thank him for it. <laughs> I promise. I've been at this a while. We'll thank him. Right? It's going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but you're going to see Christ at the end of it. We're going to thank him for it. Brother Todd preached that last Wednesday, the chastenings. Chasing, how the Lord chastens his people. It's a good thing. We're going to thank him. Adam was better off after the Lord saved him than he was. He was morally innocent in that garden, and he just hadn't yet sinned. And after he fell and God saved him, now there's a creation in him that can't sin. He's better off. Would you think so? Look, cast this world into 6,000 years of torment and given nations and nations and millions. I mean, there's a remnant, buddy. Milton Howard asked him how we got a pretty good sized congregation here. I know y'all don't know that. People always want to add to how big every church is, but uh, compared to most gospel, faithful gospel churches, we got a pretty good sized congregation. Uh, Milton Howard, somebody asked, How big is your church? He said, Well, I preached to about 30 people by pastor, about four of them. <laughs> it's a remnant, isn't it? I want that to be me. Problem's not with the things around us, the problem's with the Lord on his throne. And that's what, that's what the, the Jews were going to kill him for, right? He said he's the king. He's saying he's God. And the Lord said, Whether well, it easier to say that thy sins be forgiven, arise and walk? That's the inside, right? Or to take up thy bed and walk. And that's what's harder to say, take up your bed and walk. He said, okay, well. He said, that you may know that the Son of God hath power on earth to forgive sins. I'm going to do this just so you know that what I said on the inside is what matters. He said, look at that man with pause to take up your bed and walk. He got up and walked. They praise him and fall down and say, what a majestic Lord we have. They say, kill him. What can we do to get him out of here? We don't only have an outward problem. We have one of those, but that's because we have an inward problem. We have an unbelief problem. I said, what's the worst thing you've ever done? <sighs> Buddy, what's, what's, what's the worst thing somebody else, that'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? What's the worst thing somebody else could do? Oh, are we start thinking up things, Epstein's and everything else underneath the sun, right? Don't believe God. Don't believe on the sun. I had unbelief. God says that, and I just paid it no mind, or I was affable according to it or I didn't take him at his word surely that other no that's it that's the source of everything I thought I was right he was wrong pride that's the source of it all this man wants to know who his neighbor is he already knew what he considered his neighbor to be their local law what mommy and daddy had said the Jews only considered other Israelites of that physical nation to be their neighbors that was common knowledge it sure it wasn't those Gentile dogs, okay? That wasn't their neighbors. And it surely wasn't those half-breed Samaritans. Of course it ain't them. Now, if you just say that's my Israel Israelite brethren, we're good to go. I like them pretty well, and I don't mind them too bad. That's what that woman said at that well, wasn't it? The Lord came to her, and she says, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asked me to drink? I'm a woman of Samaria. The Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Remember us looking through that? Samaria was here, and it's a travel. They had to go around. There's a road that went around the city. They wouldn't even walk through their town. There's rules against it. And this man says, who's my neighbor? If it's my Jewish brother, I'm okay with that. If it's Gentile, like, I'm going to have to take a deep breath. But I might be able to do, I'll start a soup kitchen. I'll hire somebody else to do it. We'll hire it done, right? Don't say it's them Samaritans. That's terrible. You define who my neighbor is, and I'll see if I can love them. If it's easy, I'll do that. That's what mankind wants, isn't it? A faithful man of old. I've heard this my whole life. I hope you young people remember this. 
He said, if you let me define the law, I can keep it. How's that? How do we put that in shoe leather? What's that mean? Boys, you know I can jump over a barn if you let me build the barn. I'll just build it that tall. Why do the legalists only want to keep the easy part of the law? Why I'm going to honor the Sabbath day. Oh, really? You're going to butcher some sheep? Let me tell you something. We ain't done that in this culture in a long time. Let me tell you something. Blood smells strong of iron, hits real slippery, and a little bit goes a long way. It gets everywhere. You're going to have to do a whole lot. Put a, a railing on the roof of your house. Never eat another medium well steak. And we've already started in a deficit. There ain't no catching up. You can't put in extra credit. The, the legalist always picks that which is easy. Oh, well, I'm gonna, I have a good Christian business and we close on Sundays. We close our business on Sundays. And you have all your contractors come in to do the work that you don't, so you don't lose profits. That's what it is. Well, what good Christians you are. Well, I never, I never drank alcohol. Well, alcohol ain't your problem. Uh, I observe the Sabbath. I'm so lazy I don't come off a couch all day on a, on a day. Are you serious? Well, I, ain't, I, ain't, well, I ain't breaking a sweat today. I already got all my meals. But I don't have to do nothing. That's awful easy, isn't it? He said, you tell me who my neighbor is. Let me see if I can keep it. Let's see if we can build that barn real short. I think I'm okay because I got all that inside stuff squared away. I think I can do this outside stuff. Have we ever been there? Ever? Has God ever got us alone on the backside of that mountain and, 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 and terrified us? He still thinks he's okay. Well, the Lord gives a parable. I thought about this all week. This took place. If he, if he thought it, it had to come to pass, right? Like that publican and Pharisee, he just told about that. I guarantee you there's a publican and a Pharisee standing in the temple praying. <laughs> One was afar off. Uh, this good Samaritan, everybody knows, I just, I, I bet a, a, a year's salary this took place, I guarantee it. It was precious to me, precious to me. Let's read it, verse 30, Luke 10, verse 30. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead that's the person in the ditch and by chance there came down a certain priest that way just so happened speaking in languages we understand a certain priest not just any old priest a certain priest what's the priests those are the ones that made sacrifices those are the ones that made offerings on behalf of the lord's people wasn't it well this came this is the law this came and when he saw him he passed on the other side and likewise, a Levite, that's the ones that helped in the temple. That's the ones that stayed after everybody. Now, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Hey, hey, you stop it. Hey, hey, you wake up and service Hey, you got to give your tithe or whatever. They stayed after everybody. They were the helpers. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come, I'll repay thee. Now which of these three? What three? Well, there's the priest, there's a Levite, and there's a Samaritan. That's, that's 
good, better, worse <laughs> in this man's eyes. All them priests, boy, I'd like to, I'm a scribe. I'd like to be a priest one day to leave. But that's pretty good kind of what I am. Samaritan. Ugh. That's the lowliest job in this whole totem pole, isn't it? Now, which of these three thinkest thou? You already told me what you thought about that law. I got a parable for you. What do you think about this? Which was his neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? Now, you tell me who was acting like a neighbor. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Mercy. And Jesus said unto him, I'm going to give you something to do. Go and do thou likewise. You want to have eternal life? Isn't that terrifying? Lord, Father, forgive us as we forgive others. Oh, Lord, forgive me as Christ forgave me. <laughs> Don't forgive me as. This is quid pro quo, buddy. I'm in a mess. Lord, so this is mercy. You put all your priesthood aside, and you put all your ordinations aside, and you put all your Levites aside, and you put all that junk aside, and you blow thoughts of the Samaritan. Now you go show mercy. And now what? It, there's against the, the fruits of the Spirit, there's no law. Do it all you want. The most godlike thing someone could do on this earth is forgive somebody else. And that's impossible with me in it. Now, there's some people I say I've forgiven. I ain't forgave them. If nobody's looking, I'd poke them square in the eye. <laughs> I'd bend them over my knee. I'd take them out behind a woodshed. As long as they had a couple months for them to heal up, and then I'd say that they're lying. They ain't got no witnesses. <laughs> or said, you want to inherit kingdom of heaven? You want to have eternal life? Go show mercy. Go show mercy. Is that what's common walking up down the street if you ask somebody what a good Samaritan was? Eh, maybe a little bit. Wives kind of folks, and they don't go to church enough to realize there's even a hierarchy in that place and the common places out there. Can we see Christ in this? If we've never seen this, let's see it for the first time. Sit on the edge of your seats and pay attention. This is just precious. This is precious. Who's in the ditch? Well, that was the Jewish fellow, right? This lawyer's brethren. What's that? That's a physical nation that represents the child of God. The child of God was in a ditch. Do you get that? This priest, this law, that's the one that offers the sacrifices and, and all the offerings and atonements. The Levites, the tribe of Levites, that's, that's one that took care of the temple. They were laborers in the temple. Deacons, elders, pick top. The Samaritan, just undesirable. In their eyes at this time, this is a half-breed. They're half-Jew, half-Gentile, and nobody wants them. Completely undesirable. Let's look at this again. Verse 30. And Jesus answered. He said, who's my neighbor? <laughs> I'll tell you who your neighbor is. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Adam come down, didn't he? Adam fell. He went, Jericho's a terrible place. And Jerusalem's where the Lord's was right that's a house of bread and he come down from there to nothing to nothing and we did too we did too willingly we go to jericho we go to that wicked city and what happened we fell among thieves these are my friends no they ain't what they do robbed us robbed us of everything of our communion with god uh, our, our right standing our understanding everything and wounded us they killed us, didn't it? And they didn't stick around. They left us. They left us all to ourselves, alone, waiting to die. 
leaving them half dead. This is precious too. If, you, if you're wrong on the fall, fall, you're wrong on it all. Was Adam wounded in the garden? He died. He's half dead. He was physically alive and spiritually dead. You get that? Mankind born of Adam's dead spiritually and you're dying physically. And we're in a ditch. We're in a ditch. That's us. That's us. Verse 31, And by chance there came a certain priest that way, which when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I ain't even going to walk on that side of the road. I'm over this way. I might smell him. Ugh. Get that unclean thing away from me. That's the one that had all the offerings of the burnt offerings to God on behalf of the people. Isn't it? That pictures the law for us. That law came by. Could that law save you? Okay. Hebrews 10 says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. That fellow can't, can't be made spiritually alive by that law that walked by. That come by him. It says in Hebrews 10, 11, Every priest standeth daily ministering and offering sometimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. It can't take them away. It just declares they're there. Now, if there's a clean thing, it says, well, it's clean. I ain't got no charge against it. Now, if there's any speck, it can't save. It just declares death, doesn't it? Verse 32, and likewise a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. This is the one that was in charge of enforcing the law, staying on top of everybody. That's that good fellow down there at the church that knows all the rules. And I'm going to have him pray for me. Well, that's good, but Christ's going to have to pray that our faith fail not. I, I have no 1-800-hotline number. That's what they used to say back in the 80s and 90s. Got a hotline to God. I don't have some kind of funnel that I can get. My prayer is way more than somebody else's. I'm a sinner saved by grace the same as anybody else. I'll pray for you, but we need him. Levi can't help you. Why? I, I, I knew the right preacher. I sat underneath Ralph Barnard or whatever. John Gill, pick one. So what? He's a man just like anybody else, isn't he? And all those, those ceremonies that went to and the routine and the physical exercise of practicing and playing church all the time ain't going to help nobody. It can't give life. Even if you're in the right place, God has to give life. Verse 33, But a certain Samaritan, this is our Lord. Who's the good Samaritan? First off, it ain't me. <laughs> Second off, it ain't nobody born to Adam. And it ain't that lawyer. It ain't any of us. It's him. He's the good one. As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, what we look at last week, Lord sees us, hears us, knows us, delivers us. When he saw him, he had compassion. Well, I felt sorry for Jesus, and I thought I'd accept him. That ain't the way it works. You don't know God if you think those things. He has to have compassion on us. He's not the one on trial we are. He's not the one in the ditch we are. And he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pulling in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Those Samaritans, I told you, I said they're half Jew, half Gentile, wasn't it? Undesirable. How could this be our Lord? Well, he's fully man and fully God. That's why they wanted to kill him. You can't be both. That's against the rules. <laughs> Whose rules? <laughs> he's both, wasn't he? He's one of us. 
He's one of us, and nobody, nobody liked him. They all despised him. Came to his own, his own received him not. And he journeyed. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, his going forths are from everlasting. And we dare to talk about our walk of faith and our journeys. Who are we? His going forth, his journey's been from everlasting to everlasting. All the way down to the ditch. On purpose. He came where this dying man was. If you can just get out of that ditch, I'd save you. You know. If you just walk down an aisle, a pew, and you'll dedicate and sign this pledge card or put a bumper sticker on your car that says he's greater than I or whatever nonsense is out there. No, he has to come to us. He came to the one that was in the ditch that was an enemy of him, that hated him and was spiritually dead and dying physically. Who the sacrifices couldn't help, the law couldn't help, the law keepers couldn't help and he looked upon him and he heard him and he knew him and he delivered him. Bound our wounds. Bound our, why were we wounded? We went down to Jericho. Is it God's fault? No, it's my fault. I did it. He meant it for good. I meant it for evil. Or I was looking out for number one, or I was trying to get a name for myself, or whatever. I was wounded. Bleeding out, buddy. He bound our wounds, and he poured the oil on that. What's that? That's sanctification. The Lord told Moses how to make the oil, and he said, wherever that oil touches, it's mine. It's set apart for my use. Well, we will now sanctify ourselves through holy living. Hogwash. You don't know God of those things. You can't do it. We're dead in a ditch. He's got to put oil on us. He has to sanctify us. That's the Holy Ghost coming to us and that new creation in us that can't sin. Well, how could that be? And wine. Why do we pour wine on them? Well, the alcohol sanitizes. <laughs> Washing away our sin by the blood of Christ. Who applies that? He does. He does. And he put us on his beast. I don't want you getting in my car. I'll get you an Uber. <laughs> Might dirty my seats up. No, he put him on his beast. What's that picture? That shepherd putting that sheep on his shoulder. Because you can't walk. You can't do nothing. And I'm going to carry you. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to walk in you. I'm going to carry you. And this man in the ditch did absolutely nothing to deserve any of this. He didn't even know that fellow standing there to call out and ask him. He'll call out later. He'll thank him later. They were enemies, but this certain Samaritan, but God, who is good. He said, why you call me good? Ain't nobody good but God. That's a good Samaritan. It says in verse 34, And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and, like that wasn't good enough, <laughs> and brought him to an inn and took care of him. I just got a good feeling that inn was up on a hill. What's this in? This is his church. I'm telling this over and over. Somebody's going to hear me one day. The Lord doesn't cast us out and send us out to go live by ourselves in Tahiti. He brings us together. He puts his people in his church and he preaches to them. And he comforts them. This in is, is his church. This is we're going to look at Wednesday, the upper room. The upper room. The city on a hill. The light on a hill. This is, he said, my house is a house of prayer. Not your house is a house of prayer. He said, my house is a house of prayer. He builds his church, and he adds to it as he sees fit, as it pleases him. And if we ever come up with any ideas, we'll get to that in Acts 2. If we ever come up with any ideas to get more bodies in them seats other than what God says, please don't do it. Just forget it. Just stop. 
He's going to do us one way. You reckon that Jew said, who's your God? Why'd you do us, Samaritan? I'm going to tell you about this man I met at a well one time where water comes from. You dig your own wells, you make your own cisterns. He said, I met this one at the well of life. I'll tell you about him. And he took care of him. It says, verse 35, And on the morrow when he had departed, he didn't leave him to himself. He took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, he said to the host, I, took, I take great note for me on this. You can listen in. Take care of him. Take care of him. And whithersoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I'll repay thee. Why two pence? As an old writer, I nailed this on the head, I think. That's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Lord was preaching for us now, too, wasn't he? Not just that lawyer that day, to us in 2024. Old Testament and New Testament. And you take that. He gave it to the host of the inn. That's the pastor. And he said, you use this to care for the wounded. Heal the sick. That's your job. Feed my sheep. Heal the sick. How do we do that? We remember those two pences. We remember that Old Testament and New Testament. We compare Scripture with Scripture. The Lord sent those 70 out. and um, He said, beginning of this chapter, He said, whatsoever house ye enter, first say peace unto this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, if Christ is there, I'll send you there. And if Christ is there dwelling in those people, your peace is going to rest on it. And if not, I'll turn you someplace else. I'll send you to another house. And the same house remains eating and drinking such things as they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. That's up in verse 8 now, Luke 10, 8. Into whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you, eat such things as set before you, and heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. As Jerusalem's remembrancers, these went in and they said, you feed us, you take care of us, we're going to stay in your house. You provide everything needed and I'll do the studying. Here's the word. How are they going to be healed? Give them two pants. <laughs> Heal their sick. Point them to him. Point them to the great physician. That's it. It ain't complicated. It's just impossible with man. This ain't hard to understand. We just don't want to hear it. He said, the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. The Lord found you in a ditch and came to you. He said, if there's another city that won't take care of you, won't keep you under the roof, and they won't feed you, he said, you say the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. He's walked right past you. Does that make us mad or does that make us pass me not, O gentle Savior? Hear my humble cry. Why on others thou art calling? Do not pass me by. Hey, come, Lord, save. So this, this child of God, of his own decisions and good ideas, ended up in a ditch, wounded, half dying, spiritually dead, physically dying, bad shape. Law can't help him. Church folks can't help him. The good Samaritan comes, it's undesirable. Takes him, binds him up, oil and wine on him. Puts him in the inn. Gives him somebody to watch over him and provide for him and heal the sick. And he said, if there's more, if it costs more than this, I'll take care of it whenever I come again. I'm coming again, is what he's saying. Remember that last week? I'm coming again. And I got to thinking this week, you know, it's a good question. How long does he stay in that inn? The inn's a church, Right? where this oil and wine's poured out and his pences are provided, how long does this wounded man stay in the church? As long as he's wounded. You get that? If you ain't wounded no more, you don't have to be here. Well, I'm fine. I'm all healed up. I ain't. I'm broke. 
I'm a broken sinner is what I am. And I need him. I need him. Until I'm made like him, this flesh ain't going to get no better. Well, I rise up and I can study these things on my own. Uh, I pray the Lord saves you before you die. No, stay right here as, as long as we need him. And I can't be mad at folks that don't care. The Lord ain't put that in them yet. They're spiritually dead. Now, I'll take that dead fellow and try to put a funnel down his throat if it's up to me, but it ain't going to do no good. The Lord has to give life and make it necessary. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Lord, make us faithful to the end. Keep us in this end until the end. Keep us looking to him and his provision. Verse 27. I'm sorry. Job 33, 27. We read that for a scripture reading. It said, he looked upon men, and if any say, Lord looked down on men, if anybody says, I've sinned and perverted that which was right, and it profited me nothing. Not just, well, I've, I've done some bad things. Is all that things you did your whole life by yourself, is it, did it profit you? Did it do you any good being in all them false churches growing up and singing all over the country and all those things? Did it do you any good? If you say, I've sinned, everything I thought was right was just perverting your holiness, God. And it, I've done nothing to profit myself. The Lord said, I'll deliver his soul from going in the pit. That's the ones I'm saving. And his life shall see the light. In your lifetime, you're going to see Christ the light. It's going to happen. Period. His word says so. He's commanded. I've watched it happen. It's so. Verse 36, now which of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor to him that fell among thieves? Who was a good neighbor? Ain't State Farm. The Lord Jesus Christ is. He's the friend that's closer than a brother. Well, I've done good and I've looked on my neighbor. No, we ain't. It's him and his doing. This fellow started learning something. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. He that showed mercy. And we just hugged and had cake and everybody went home doing cartwheels. No, the Lord gave him something to do. And he said unto him, go and do thou likewise. Now you go do it. I can't. I'm going to have to have you do it. Yep. And I'll be with you. Lo, I'm with you always. He said, go heal the sick. Go do it. Put the ointment on them. Take that balm with you. Here's two pence. You need anything else, I'll provide that too. You won't have to provide nothing. I'll do everything. Wouldn't that be something? We in need of that kind of Samaritan? That's a whole lot different than a coloring book for little kids. <laughs> That's precious to me this week. I hope it's precious to you. All right. Uh, Brother Trevor and Brother Cass, y'all come hand out the elements.